Hey Bulls Nation, welcome to the Rebuild the Bull podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile, and we're about a week away from the start of the Bulls preseason. It's it's going to be nice to see this team back on the floor. We haven't watched them take the court since March prior to the pandemic. In this pared-down preseason, the Bulls get two games to warm up before the start of the regular season against the Rockets, and then two games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, Billy Donovan's old team. But the start to the Bulls season kicks off on December 23rd against the Atlanta Hawks, and then after that, there's some there's some stiff competition to open up the season. They get teams like the Pacers, the Warriors, the Wizards twice, the Bucks, the Mavericks, the Blazers. I think they, they also have the Celtics and Lakers on their schedule early, the Clippers. So they got some stiff competition within that first month. So it could be a, a bit rocky with, with a team this young and a team that sort of is feeling their way through a new coach and a new system. So it'll be very interesting to see how they, they kick things off at the start of the season. But all I know is I'm excited to see Bulls basketball again. And I know everything that's happened since the end of the 2020 season is going to make this a really fun journey because... There's a new vision within the organization. The Bulls now have a new front office with Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley and a new head coach in Billy Donovan. Things look a lot rosier than they did when the season ended abruptly in March. Like, a lot has changed. I think the feeling within the fan base has changed drastically going into this 2021 campaign. And... I know that has me excited. Now, while I'm excited, the truth is I don't know where my expectation level should be for the 2021 season. I I don't know. Where I struggle with this team is I just don't know where some of these core players' ceilings are. You know, and, and, and that's something we've brought up a lot on this podcast, and I know other Bulls content creators have brought this up before. It's hard to kind of gauge where Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr., um, where they're at right now in their careers. I think they're at a crossroads this season. I think it's it's obvious that the previous regime under Gar Pax and former head coach Jim Boylan, that there wasn't an emphasis on player development. And, and I don't think there was a... There really wasn't a strategy to maximize these players' strengths that well. So it's hard to know right now where these players are in terms of their development and what their ceilings are. Now, having Billy Donovan here as head coach changes the game. And the fact that you have a front office that really wants to put an emphasis on player development, I think that's going to help us know who each of these players are and what their roles can be going forward in the league. If you listen to the previous episode of the Rebuildable Podcast, I had uh, Matt Esposito. He's the founder of theplaygrounder.com. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, please go check out their website. They give really great thorough breakdowns, uh, both on the court and with some analytical breakdowns. They do it in a very entertaining way. Um, I had him on the last episode And we did just sort of a a recap of the draft and free agency across the league with a little Bulls discussion sprinkled in. 
And one of the things that I brought up is that this is a, a season of evaluation. And I also brought that up. I was on um, one of the other contributors from the Playgrounder, Rob Shaw. He has his own podcast, the uh, Shaw's Law Pod. And I went on there and did a preview of the Chicago Bulls for this upcoming season. And I brought up that term again, that this was a, a season of evaluation. And I think that's the truth. I think a lot of Bulls fans and reporters that cover the team and, and people that analyze the game, I think they all know that for the Chicago Bulls, this is a season to evaluate what's on the roster. And I think the front office knows that. Their actions this offseason tell you that they want to study and see which pieces need to be part of the long-term fit for the Bulls. Because I think they don't know exactly. I think they're just like us. They saw some glimmers of hope from each of these guys. You know, they, they, they have plenty of tape on Larry Markkinen. They saw what we saw. They saw some moments where he flashed in years one and two and even had some moments last year where you saw glimmers of the old Laurie Markkinen that made us excited. They see that too. They also see the Laurie Markkinen that regressed last year. And now they have to know who's the real Laurie Markkinen. With Zach Levine, you know, there's now almost, what, six, seven seasons worth of, of tape on Zach Levine. And we've seen Zach Levine steadily improve each season. Now, where's the ceiling of Zach Levine? Because, like, right now, Zach Levine, I've, I've said it on past episodes, he looks like a really good, you know, number three in the league. You know, could, could he be a number two on a title contending team? Could he be a 1A? I think we have to see more. Right now, the, the jury's still out on if that's how high his ceiling is. But with a guy like Billy Donovan as your head coach, you're going to see. And I think you might see it pretty quickly. I think guys like Laurie and Zach... You're going to see them, I think, adapt to Billy Donovan quicker than maybe a Wendell Carter or a Kobe White. I think you're going to see where those two guys' ceilings are very quickly. I think you're going to see it early in the season. You'll know if they fit into this long-term vision of the Chicago Bulls, I think, within the first few months. You'll know if they're comfortable and if they're getting the most out of their game. Now, I think with Kobe and Wendell Carter... I think those two, it might take a little longer to see if they can flourish. I've brought this up a lot with Wendell Carter. I, I said this on, on the Shaw's Law Pod. I think Wendell Carter is going to be the most interesting player to keep your eye on this season because we know what he can do defensively. He's a pro's pro defensively, even though he's only been in the league for two years. The, the minute that guy stepped on the floor his rookie season, you saw that he was head and shoulders the best defender on the Bulls. Now, that also spoke volumes in terms of how bad the Bulls were defensively, maybe, especially his rookie season. But you saw that he had the wherewithal to be a top-tier defender in this league. And that's important. So I think you know he has that element to his game. But offensively, I think that's where you're, it might take some time. It might not flash right away. If it does, I mean, that that tells you that he has what it takes to be a really good player in this league. But I think it might take some time. Like, he might not consistently take those steps offensively until maybe a little later in the season. It might be like late February, early March, where you really start to see him become a steady contributor 
on the offensive end of the floor. With Kobe White, we saw last year, he's a bit of a streaky player. And now with him being likely the primary ball handler from what we we heard from Billy Donovan during some of the opening uh, press conferences for training camp, that might take some time to adjust to that role because he was sort of just thrown in as a off-the-ball combo guard on some occasions. There really was no rhyme or reason to what he was doing offensively, I felt, last year. It was sort of like Jim Boylan was just telling him, here, here's the ball, go score. And that was it. You know, just be a spark plug. Now, I think he will have that continued role to be a spark plug, but how does he work within the flow of this new offense that Billy Donovan wants to run that? Sounds like it's going to be very up-tempo, you know, moving the ball fast up the floor with fast break opportunities and in the half court, making sure there's a lot of movement. And so that's going to require a really good ball handler and a really good facilitator at point guard. So could Kobe White adapt to that a little more? We're going to find out. So again, I think it's a year of evaluation for the Chicago Bulls. Now here's the problem though. If you were to ask me, Matt, how many games are the Chicago Bulls going to win in 2021? I don't, I don't know. And I know that's probably a cop-out for some of you. But truth is, because it's a season of evaluation, I think there's a really low floor and a really high ceiling. You know, I think if everything goes wrong, I think they could still eke out maybe like, again, it's a 72-game schedule. Maybe they can eke out 24 wins if, you know, not everything breaks their way. But I could totally see if if those four core players that we talk about and maybe even Patrick Williams takes a massive step up, I could see them winning 38. And again, that's over 500 in the 72-game schedule we're going to see. So they'd be like 38 and 34. Um, I could see that if everything goes right. If Zach Levine you know, plays like a fringe-level all-star, similar to how he played last year, and Laurie Markkinen shows more glimmers of what he was his first two seasons as opposed to last year. And then you see Kobe White have continued and steady improvement. And Wendell Carter has steady improvement. And then again, Patrick Williams comes in and even just contributes as a solid defender and has that raw athleticism. That might be enough to get you to close to maybe, you know, 34 to 38 wins. So... That's nothing to be ashamed of. That probably gets you within that playoff play-in tournament for sure. But the problem is, I can't say that in full confidence. Like, I don't know for sure if that's how it's going to play out. Because I could see it going in both directions. I could see it bearing fruit with with a playoff appearance, or I could totally see them struggling, and and Karnaschovas and Eversley have to make some difficult decisions and moving pieces at the deadline or at the end of the season. I could see either situation happening. It would not surprise me. Because we we don't have somebody on this roster that we know is a bona fide star caliber player. Or a young lottery pick that we know has a very high all-star, superstar level ceiling. There's nobody on that roster yet that we know of. We just don't know that. And if you think you know that, I would like to know your reasoning why. I've brought this up. Again, Zach Levine is a really nice player, but we didn't see anything in the last couple of seasons that would tell you he can raise the level of play where the team is a playoff contending team. Like, we saw that 10 years ago with Derrick Rose. We saw his impact immediately as a rookie. 
taking a team that was a, a 33-35 win team the year before and turn them into the eighth seed or the seventh seed that year. I think it was the seventh seed when they went to go play the Celtics in that uh, really fun first-round matchup. But you saw that impact right away. And, you know, I don't know if we have that kind of player on the Bulls roster right now. If somebody does take that step up, then then you got something cooking. But for now, we don't know that. Now, could all these players all hit their ceilings at once and you have some really nice pieces that could attract major free agents down the road? Maybe. We saw that happen with the Brooklyn Nets a couple of seasons ago where they had a roster basically comprised of a bunch of really solid number threes and fours on a team and got into the playoffs and became this attractive destination with cap space. Like, that could be the scenario that happens for the Bulls, but we don't know it for sure. That's all I'm saying. Now, I want to get to a point here, and the reason I'm podcasting here on a Saturday, you know, you don't usually drop a podcast on a Saturday. It's very rare. But there was something that I saw in the morning that kind of got my brain jogging. You know, and and it came courtesy, and I want to give him credit, of a frequent guest on the Rebuildable podcast and one of the um, more notable podcasters in Bulls Nation, C. Red Fred. C. Red Fred, um, he likes to throw out Twitter polls. Now, I've I've often mocked his Twitter polls, and I know um, Matt Peck also likes to mock his Twitter polls because usually the way Fred frames questions is he's kind of setting you up to only pick one answer that he deems correct. He kind of gives you a bunch of these blah choices and then one obvious choice. So you end up voting for the option he wants you to take. I say that kiddingly too, because I I like to poke fun at Fred, but we love him. But he had a really good poll question today. And I want to acknowledge it and I want to discuss it a little bit. And it had to do with with James Harden. Because this is brought up a lot. Whenever there's a star player that hits the market, I think any NBA fan base does this. They think about how you could acquire that player for your team. And with a team like the Chicago Bulls, we've, as a fan base, I think we're starved to get a star caliber player here. And I think it's it's obvious to say James Harden's a top 10 talent, maybe even like a top seven or top six, top five talent in the league. So in his Twitter poll question, C. Redfred asked, There are several rumors around Houston eventually moving James Harden. Would you support a trade for Harden sometime this year that includes Levine plus your least prized asset of the core four plus next year's number one unprotected? And his options were yes, get Harden, no, too much for James. Now, the poll as of uh, 2.30 here on Saturday, December 5th, was 58% voted yes, 42% voted no. Now, that kind of surprised me a bit because in my opinion, whenever there's a top 10 talent available, yes, even one that's in his early 30s, so in his prime but kind of towards the end of his prime, um, I still think that if there's an opportunity to land somebody like that, you... You go for it. So I was surprised to see Bulls fans 
even though the majority said yes, I was kind of thinking that would be higher. And some of the replies that you see are, are fear of, well, if you trade anybody really valuable like Zach Levine and maybe another member of the core four, you're going to be a, a team that has a, a maybe a first round exit and then you're, you're screwed. But I don't know if I see it that way. Like James Harden has a, some years left on his contract. And we all know about the 2021 offseason. It, it could be an offseason with a lot of stars available. And look, the NBA always, always has a lot of movement in the offseason. So even if players aren't hitting the open market, there's usually players available on the trade market. And if you had a team where James Harden's added to the roster and you still have cap space available in 2021 you become a desirable destination for other talent to come. So this just goes beyond the 2021 season. This would go as a long-term vision for the Chicago Bulls, as a long-term acquisition. And I thought I want to give credit also within this little Twitter thread here uh, to John Sabine, formerly of the Bulls Outsiders. And hopefully we get to hear more of him within Bulls Nation on, on some podcasts because I think he, he definitely brings an interesting viewpoint. He's always, always entertaining. Um, but he put a trade together with the ESPN trade machine that I thought was interesting. And in his proposal for landing James Harden on the Bulls, he brought up a, a scenario where the Bulls would get Harden and P.J. Tucker in exchange for Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., for the salary end of it, and Laurie Markkinen. Now, you might say, man, that, that's a lot. Markkinen and Levine, you know, you're, you're going to trade those two guys? I mean, these were the two guys that were supposed to be part of your rebuild. You got them in that Jimmy Butler trade. Why would you give them up? Well, think about this, though. You're adding James Harden, a top 10 talent, albeit, again, a little longer in the tooth, but still has, I think, a lot left in his game. You're adding a solid player in P.J. Tucker. I've always been an admirer of his game. And you still have Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White. You just drafted Patrick Williams, who I, again, there's a lot of excitement. We've been hearing some things from Billy Donovan and, and all the other players on the Bulls that, you know, he's definitely has what it takes defensively. He's very raw athletically. He's likely going to be somebody they turn to and have as a contributor this season. You, you, you even have, throw this out there, you have Tomas Sadoransky too, if you want to use him at the three. So you have some interesting players on your roster still where you could become easily, easily this season a playoff contender with that team. You know, again, Harden, Tucker, Wendell Carter, Kobe White, Patrick Williams... Tomas Sadoransky, Thaddeus Young. That's not that bad as as seven key players to have on your roster. Plus, you you know you you brought Denzel Valentine back. You have Garrett Temple. There's some interesting pieces still on the roster. Daniel Gafford. So it's not terrible. It's it's definitely a team to me that would contend for a playoff spot in the East. And then it sets you up for a very interesting offseason in 2021. So uh, I'd be all over that. Now, again, it's a hypothetical. We haven't heard any rumors about James Harden to the Bulls, but I always like to throw these out there. Like, if you're a Bulls fan, to me, 
you should absolutely want that kind of a trade to happen. Even if Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen are the sacrificial lambs. Because listen, I'll say this. Yes, you traded away Jimmy Butler, and they were two crucial pieces to that trade. But if their ultimate outcome in the Chicago Bulls rebuild was to be used in a package to acquire a star, that's just fine. That's just as good. If you're able to get James Harden, you absolutely take it. You do. Like I, To me, you don't look back. If you're Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas and you land James Harden, bravo. Because my guess is that they're not done after that. You know, come 2021, they're going to try to make that roster even better. Now, again, part of that trade probably, again, would include, as Fred brought up, it would probably include a first-round choice. Maybe it's lottery protected, maybe it's unprotected. Whether it's lottery protected or not, I I think you'd make that, that trade in a heartbeat. That's just me, though. Now, I have seen a handful of Bulls fans comment, and I've seen them raise this on other posts where rumors about James Harden have come up, where they raise the point that they would just have a team that would lose in the first round. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a, a team that for sure is a playoff contender? Like as currently constructed, we just talked about this a few minutes ago. You're not really sure if this team is a playoff contender as currently constructed. They might be if everybody hits their ceiling, but we don't know that for sure. You add James Harden to the mix, you have a playoff contender. You definitely do. In this 72-game schedule, you're probably within the 40-50 to 50 win range easily because James Harden does that. James Harden is the type of player that likes to raise everybody's level of play around him. We can argue that maybe he hogs the ball too much and he likes to shoot at a high volume, but he has shown that he can facilitate at times and raise everybody's level of play. And he does improve your win total. We've seen that with the Houston Rockets. I mean, they're always in the playoffs every year and they've had teams that have been title contending teams. So, like, anytime you can add a player of that caliber, I feel like you you always do it. And if the Bulls did have a, a realistic chance of landing him, I'd have no problem with them parting with a Zach Levine, a Laurie Markkinen, Otto Porter to make the salaries work, and even a first-round pick. I'd have no problem with that at all. So I thought a really good poll question again. Shout-out to C-Red Fred for a really good uh, poll question and... John Sabine for that that trade. You gave me some good fodder and, and you got me got me thinking today. You got me thinking about that. So if that would ever be an actual scenario, though, I'd be all all for it. You know I'm all about landing star caliber players. So if you can land a James Harden, I think that would even make the 2021 offseason very intriguing. Because you're gonna have again some really, really big names hit the market next offseason. Giannis Antetokounmpo is supposed to be a free agent. Kawhi Leonard might hit the market. So if you have James Harden on a team that has some cap space, then, you know, why not? Why not go for it? You know, you're not going to have to give Laurie an extension. You shave roughly, what, 19 half, 20 million off the books with with Zach Levine. And there's a a bunch of players that aren't going to be under contract next year, including... Sadoransky and Young. So you're going to have some cap space where you could add a notable player. And James Harden will already be under contract. So 
to me, that's a desirable situation if you're a Bulls fan. But, you know, again, that's not even something being rumored. It was a hypothetical brought up by C-Red Fred and a hypothetical trade brought up by John Sabine on Twitter. So please don't think that's actually something that's realistic. It's just something to, I guess, think about. And who knows? Maybe if, if the rumors get hot and heavy about James Harden leaving, be nice to maybe hear about the Bulls getting involved. That's all. Um, as we get closer to the regular season, we'll definitely preview 2021. We'll talk more about win totals. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll have a better idea of what this team could be after watching some preseason games. And uh, we'll, we'll make some predictions about where some of these guys' ceilings might actually be. Maybe we'll do some stat over-unders. We'll have some fun before that. I'm going to get a good guess for it so we can preview the season. Until then, please give us a follow on Twitter at rebuild underscore a underscore bowl. You can follow me directly at mgentil88. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on all the major platforms, wherever you listen to them. So until next time, have a good one and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.